Good morning. It's about 6.50 a.m. Uh, let's see. It's 32 degrees. It is the 24th of December, Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to you all. We've been, uh, well, we had our Christmas like a week or two ago, so it's been kind of weird watching everybody else scramble for it. But, uh, but yeah, it's kind of cool. 32 degrees, yes. It's like nature just checked its watch and said, oh man, I'm sorry, I've been completely missing your whole winter. Um, so yeah, it's chilly. I didn't go to work yesterday because we had to, uh, hand off the EP to Allie's ex. And that's always difficult for them, both of them. There were a lot of tears from the EP. She always does that. She doesn't like going out there. But, you know, we tell her that's just something we have to do. And, uh, it actually gets easier for her as she gets older. She understands a little bit better that, you know, None of us are choosing this. And that even if we fought against it, there's not much we could do. So she's dealing with it better. She just still doesn't like it. And that's a shame. I mean, we'd like for it to be something where she just goes out there and has a few days of fun. And you know they're going to be just flooding her with gifts. So I'm hoping that she adjusts quickly and has a good time. But it's always difficult. I mean, going for the ride itself where she's being handed off, it's always difficult for us. Allie held up really well. She has about as rough a time as the UP does. But, uh, but she did well yesterday. Held it together for the UP and it's kind of funny. The, uh, Allie's ex hates the fact that I record our meetings. It's uh, something our lawyer said we needed to do because a few years back he uh, he started this massive shouting thing in the middle of a airport terminal. It's one of those things where like we send her out with two weeks worth of clothes. She comes back with 
two days worth of somebody else's clothes and he says, I don't know, she lost them, I don't care. And so, you know, we lost about a couple hundred dollars worth of clothes. And um, so we put together an inventory. That was what our lawyer said to do. He said, don't try to, you know, we're not going to sue him for the theft of a few hundred dollars. We're, what we're going to do is we're going to have an inventory of everything that we send out there. And he gets a copy and we get a copy. And uh, that way we know exactly what went out, what came back, and we can uh, and we can explain to him and to the judge exactly what has been taken from us. And hopefully that just works as a warning. You know, you just say, look, I'm going to know. We're all going to know. And that was the idea, but Allie's ex doesn't like to have people tell him to do anything. So once we started putting a inventories in the thing, he saw it as a slap in the face by calling him a thief. Which, alright, let's face facts. By trying to defend ourselves against further theft, we are basically calling him a thief, so say la vie. Anyway, he got mad at that and had a massive shouting not even an argument, he just shouted at Allie for about five minutes. Airport security was coming by, the EP was bawling her eyes out because that's not something you want to see with with your parents. So yeah, he's dragging her around and he's shouting and it was just a terrible scene. quote from that that he, he was doing stuff like he pulls the EP away and then she wants to come back to say goodbye to mommy and so he says he'll only go halfway but mommy has to walk the other half of the way and uh And I felt kind of bad about it because I basically told Allie, no, we came to drop her off with him. And if he's playing some kind of power play with we only go halfway, all that kind of stuff, then we're not going to play games here. We've turned her over. We're going to, you know, she's in his custody now. And then he turns to the EP and says, I guess your mommy doesn't love you enough. So... So that's where we are on that kind of relationship. It's pretty clear. I mean, he's told us that he's going to try to use psychology to, quote, turn her against Allie. So it's not a great situation in any event. Because he threw his little fit way back when. We go to the lawyer and we go like, how do we stop this from happening? We don't want to do this to the EP. You know, we're trying really hard to keep this 
as easy as it can be on her. Divorce is not something that you fuck around with. Not for a child. So the lawyer said what we needed to do now was to record all of the meets. They're all taking place in public. They're all, you know, we're, we're recording it for a valid purpose. We got no problems, really. So I show up with my cell phone. And, and he doesn't like that at all. I got my cell phone recording. And while he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer, he, he knows what that means. And, just like the lawyer said, after we started doing that, he never again threw a little fit. He's always been on his best behavior, so it's a good thing. So, uh, but he has said in little offhand comments, I don't appreciate being recorded. And we've told him, look, there's, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. Try not to say, look, it's all your fault. So, we show up yesterday, and uh, Allie is hugging the EP goodbye, and uh, her ex sidles over to me, starts walking over to me because he likes the fact that I'm a vi- that I was a video game programmer. He likes the fact that you know. Uh, rubbed elbows with, like, I don't know, Richard Garriott and Will Wright and Sid Meier and stuff like that. It's like a little moment of pride. It's kind of funny. Ali's ex thought it was really cool that I was a video game programmer and wanted to be my good friend because of it. My ex's new boyfriend... Yeah, uh, my, the, the guy that my ex-wife left me for thought it was really cool that I was a video game programmer and asked if I could get Sid Meier's signature for him. And God help me, I did it. This is what a pushover I am. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, um... So yeah, her, Ali's ex thinks it's all cool that I'm a game programmer, and so he wanted to be my best buddy way back when, and I guess he still does, because at all these meets he tries to tell me how, how this isn't his fault, and how this is all for the best, and... How you, you don't understand. You see, I had to leave Allie. My new wife makes me steak every day for dinner. I swear to God, I wanted to punch him in the face when he said that. So you're going to leave a woman stranded with a child after you drain all of the bank accounts, fly her to another state, and then abandon her because your new girlfriend makes you steak every morning for breakfast. Or for dinner. That's just... That's a seriously messed up level of messed up. Anyway. 
So he starts walking up to me because Allie and the EP are busy hugging. And he sees that I don't have my cell phone in my hands. He was expecting me to be recording. And so he was like, aha, now I can talk about how great this is for everybody. And I can win Brand over to my side. He'll understand. And then I don't know what he expects to happen. He expects, we'll be best buddies. And then Brand will, I don't know, ruin Allison by giving up some secret that makes it so that he wins the uh, divorce or something. I I don't know what he hopes to gain by being my good buddy. But uh, anyway, he starts sidling up to me, happy to see that I don't have a cell phone. And then he just stops dead in his tracks as he sees the Google Glass. I honestly don't know if he recognized what it is or not. He claims to be something of a badass hacker, although, seriously, I've seen his skills. He's a script kitty at best. Allie caught him putting a keylogger on her system so that he could get her passwords. He locked her out of a couple of uh, websites, took over her email, that kind of stuff. No impressive exploits, just general social networking, which is, I mean, social engineering, which is a lot easier when, you know, you're married to the person. When the person's trusting you, it's pretty easy to take their email address. So anyway, um, I don't know if he knows what Google is. I mean, what Google Glass is. All I know is that in that moment, he realized that I was wearing them that he had never seen anything like it before and that he was still being recorded. And man, there was just this look. It was hilarious. Just a moment of stark terror. What really stinks is that I was looking at the EP. I was recording the EP, and so I just saw from the peripheral vision when he freaked out about this, which unfortunately means I missed the moment. I didn't get a picture of that, which is a shame because it was awesome. What are you looking at? Mr. Ripley keeps thinking we're being haunted. Not shadowed, mind you. Haunted. There's someone behind us and we can't see them. They are a ghost. Anyway, so uh, that was funny. Because I'm pretty sure he still does not appreciate being recorded. But with Google Glass, I was able to make sure that the handoff went smoothly without anybody freaking out. So, yeah. (sighs) 
And Allie held it together pretty well. Uh, she, uh, she always has a rough time with this. I mean, every single time, it's a mother losing her child all over again. And having to give her, give her child over to a person who has sworn her undoing. That's pretty rough. She has to give her child over to a man who says, I am going to turn your child against you. A man who has used the phrase, I kid you not, and your little dog too. He threatened to take her little dog using a phrase from the Wicked Witch of the West. If I wrote that into a story, they would call it cheesy. They would call it ridiculous. So anyway, it is always hard for Allie to do that. Every single time. And, uh... Always hard for the EP, too, but... Law don't care about that, Law Dog. So... I did my best to distract her. I said, hey, let's go watch a movie that we know the EP wouldn't want to watch. <laughs> we went to see uh, Saving Mr. Banks. We went to uh, have lunch with Paulette and then go see the movie. And it was an amazing movie. We had a nice lunch. We were at the uh, Pennsylvania Dutch Amish Marketplace. And I still think it's funny. The Wi-Fi there was terrible. <laughs> uh, anyway. That's another place where it's kind of funny to have Google Glass. The Pennsylvania Dutch Market. So, uh, yeah, we went to have lunch, and that was nice, and then we were still early for the movie, so we went to Barnes & Noble for a couple of uh, years, for a couple of hours. But Allie was still having a really rough time. She was just walking through the uh, store, just angry. I mean, she was just angry at everything because she had been trying so hard to keep it together and it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to understand. A lot of people don't understand it. That whole fight or flight thing starts pounding on you, and Allie was trying her best, but there's so much pain and concern and fear. To this day, she's still afraid of that guy. As toothless as he has become legally, 
He's attacked us every way he could. And we have defended, we've gone massively into debt defending ourselves from him. And he is spent now. He has used every weapon in his arsenal. And the biggest gain he's made is that Allie's afraid of him. That's all he's got going for him. So, anyway, she had a pretty rough time. I honestly don't know if going to see the movie helped or not. Because, as it turns out, uh, Saving Mr. Banks is a fairly painful film. deals with a loving father crushed by the pressures of his life, his work, all that kind of stuff, tuberculosis, how he uh, more or less turns to alcohol as his only solace, and the uh, little girl who has to watch it happen. And... Uh, thing about alcoholism, when it's portrayed in the films, you can see it happening. Everybody who's not in it can see it happening. As soon as they pull out a bottle, it's just like, okay, well, we figured this out. They pull out a hip flask. As writers, we need to use alcohol more just so that we stop demonizing it. Right now, if someone pulls out a hip flask, they are automatically an alcoholic. It's just a matter of time before the rest of the hints come out. We need to start using that more to convince people that ordinary people do drink. And you gotta understand, I'm a teetotaler. I don't drink. Not that I got anything against it, except for, you know, all the accidental death. But, uh, I don't drink myself. I just mean that as a plot device, it becomes more useful the less you use it as a plot device. And if we cut out all references to drink whatsoever, except for a few that are only used on alcoholics, and that's codifying it. Hip flask equals alcoholic. Not a casual drinker. Always an alcoholic. So, so yeah, we either find a new meme to describe alcoholics or we stop demonizing casual use of drinking. So yeah, that kind of bugged me, but the uh, rest of the film was aces. Colin Farrell turned out an amazing performance. Emma Thompson was good, but I feel kind of bad saying Emma Thompson was good in that because she did probably the least amount of acting of anyone. 
bitter, spiteful British woman is hardly a sense of departure for Emma Thompson. She is imperious. The way she was acting was pretty much exactly the way we see Emma Thompson acting when we think of Emma Thompson. It's like Judy Dench. Oh, seriously? In the middle of the road? Dog has no self-control. No. I'm done, I'm running off. This wouldn't bug me so much if I didn't walk them every day before I took them out on the walk. Oh yeah, let them go outside, do their business. They say, I'm good, I'm done. They come back. And then I go for a walk. Suddenly, everybody needs to poo again. I'm sure there's some great veterinary reasons for it, but it's still annoying. Anyway, Judy Dench. You're never going to see Judy Dench playing a fishwife, and not just because it's very difficult for her to act these days. I mean, she has really bad eyesight these days, so she's not doing a lot of acting anymore. But uh, aside from that, you wouldn't see her playing a fishwife, because just about every part that she gets, no matter how great or low, ends up having this sense of deep propriety. And it's not a British thing. I've seen lots of British actresses that are able to play very common characters. It's just her. It's just the way she is. Who was it I saw? Godsford Park. Great British actress, I can't remember her name. She played the head of this household staff. Just did a really great job at, at appearing common. I can't remember her name. I don't mean base or acting lowborn or anything like that. I just mean her station. She acted as though she was born to a commoner's station. And uh, and I was very impressed by that because I'd taken her to be something of a imperious actress. It's always nice when you can see them 
short range. All right, Pooflinger, let's see if we can't get a picture of you. Come here, sit, stay. Stay. Ripley, stay. Ripley, good girl, good puppy. Okay. Okay. <sighs> anyway, so when I was watching Emma Thompson in Saving Mr. Banks, I never really forgot that it was Emma Thompson. <sighs> when I was looking at Tom Hanks, there were times where I could say, he studied the way Disney acted. He studied the voice, the mannerisms. He wasn't just reading off a card. So I was pretty impressed by that. But, uh, but I never got that from Emma Thompson. And of course, Colin Farrell, once again, just, I don't know, lost himself in the park. He was just completely that character. So, anyway, it was a great movie. Don't know if it was a great decision for someone who's dealing with recent loss. And I know that may sound like it's exaggerating, oh, a terrible loss, but I swear to God, that's how it feels. We always say we buy the EP too much stuff. I mean, we're not doing great on money, but we always, we go to the store and we say, she would love this. We should get that. We should, we should put that on the list at least. But, uh, but yeah, we've been saying recently, no, we, she's got enough stuff. Her room is full of stuff. We need to de-stuff. We need to buy less and enjoy things that we have more. And uh, then she turns the EP over to her ex and suddenly it's, we should really get this for her. She would love this. This book. This doll. This thing. We spent most of our time wandering through the children's book section. 
I know the law is written the way it is to provide fairness for all people. But every single judge that we've been before has shown that they saw what was going on. They knew Ali's ex was trouble. And they had to do it anyway. I mean, I know situations where guys are pretty much in the same place. Their wife cheated on them, tried to take the children and divorce. And so I, I understand how in the aggregate this works out. just hurts to be in the uh, periphery when you're dealing with laws about the aggregate. Anyway, so yeah, that was pretty rough on Allie. We came back home, got something to eat. We started playing video games. I'm playing Darksiders 2, which is like Prince of Persia and Button Masher with some ridiculous pseudo-mythology stuff. And the literalist in me keeps having fun with the fact that I'm playing death and I just fell into some lava and now I'm dead. How does that work? What if I choose not to come to my own immolation? The argument there would seem to be I don't die. Or else I'm not making that choice and then therefore not death. I'm somebody else using the name death. Anyway, it's an okay game. It's one of those where the mythology is so convoluted and expansive and silly. Oh, we're going to turn back the Armageddon of all people and bring back humanity to the world by freeing the cauldron so that the makers, the ones who built the planets, could then be able to make their things again to stop the corruption, which, let's face it, is basically like the nothing from the never-ending story. And blah, blah, blah. You get to where you're just like, all right, give me another waypoint. Blah, blah, blah. Give me a waypoint. Thank you. Go and beat up things. Solve the... Solve the portal light puzzles.
you're sitting there going like, seriously? I am death, destroyer of worlds, and I'm rolling a granite ball from one location to another so that I can open a door. I'll have you know, sir, no door may bar me. Anyway, so yeah, it's silly, but, you know, let's run around, look at the pretty scenery, beat the ever-loving crap out of some digital people, and then, I'm just saying, I, I, I hate the fact that I keep thinking I'm going to get back to Borderlands 2, but I keep thinking I want to get back to Borderlands 2 as soon as I get these games out of the way. So, anyway, after that, we watched an episode of Breaking Bad, which is, of course, awesome. Morning. You see the pretty beagle? Pretty beagle wants to say hello. So, yeah, watch some Breaking Bad, ate some pizza. I'm up to the point on Breaking Bad where there are no unimportant scenes. Everything that happens is just massive. It's thick with import. So, that's kind of cool. Every time we see Hank, he's threatening to put Walt in jail or else being threatened for his life. What they've done to to Hank, man, is just horrible. So, anyway, yeah. Did that, went to sleep, got up this morning, got my thousand words. Good stuff, not huge, but good stuff. Is that a Jack Russell? I don't think it is, I think it's something else. Pretty little terrier though. Morning. So, yeah, I had, uh, bunch of noblemen sitting around talking about what they're going to do about the king. And, uh, that was fun. Next one, I get to see, I mean, I get to write that the Dowager Queen being lambasted by the popular press as they start going out against witchcraft and uh, fake noblemen, and basically just attacking her. They say fortune telling and palm reading is all scientific BS, which of course it is. 
but the only reason they're talking about it right now is because she makes a living in fortune-telling BS. So, yeah. That's going to be fun. I'm basically writing Fox News <coughs> uh, exclamatory headline stuff. And, uh, yeah, today I go back to work, which, let's face it, it's going to be probably a pretty easy day at work. I doubt there's even going to be anybody there. Just run naked through the halls, I suppose. gonna be nice to take tomorrow off. We still haven't decided what we're gonna do for the 25th. We should do something. Just don't know what. If you got any suggestions, brandg at gmail.com. I would appreciate it. Uh, and here we are at the front door. So I wish you a very happy day. And I hope we'll be able to talk tomorrow.